Welcome to the Love Cars on the Grid podcast, your global motorsport roundup with me, Tiffany Dell and Paul Woodman. Welcome to Love Cars on the Grid, your global motorsport podcast roundup. What a weekend of motorsport, but first and foremost, we love all sorts of sport and we're both football fans. Congratulations to the Lionesses, the English ladies football team beating Germany. Wembley, crikey, the men's team couldn't do that. Well, they did back in 1966, but that's long Mm. forgotten. Um, So congratulations to them and uh, a bit of history was made last night. Yes, well done to them. Great result. Well done, girls, women, ladies. Ladies, yeah, you've got to be careful what you say nowadays, but well done to the team. Um, and breaking news, because we record this on sort of lunchtime-ish on a Monday, typically, and Fernando Alonso is going to Aston Martin. Um, we'll come on to Formula One. There's also... F- Another team. <laughs> Another <laughs> team, exactly. There's also F2F3 W Series, and you'll never guess who won W no, Series. No, no, no. Probably won't, actually. Uh, <laughs> Uh, there was IndyCar, NASCAR, back home in the UK, not killers, BTCC, which was absolutely crazy. Wild, wild. Formulary in London. Um, and there was a bit of uh, two-wheel action as well. Spa 24-hour race. There was just so much going on. Motorbikes was... in Czech Republic. So much going on. But now all we're talking about is Alonso, Alonso. <laughs> what do you, think about, is... what do you th- think about this week? It wasn't exactly a <laughs> sort of shock horror, was it? He's going to, it's Fernando Alonso is going to Aston Martin, which you... Didn't didn't uh, so it wasn't exactly the biggest shock in the world. But how do you feel about it? Oh, bored. I'm bored. A lot of the trouble is the boring thing is that still drives his heart out like a teenager. But he's always moaning and whining, and he was on the radio morning. So maybe maybe LP knew he was leaving. So he was having a go at Ocon slower than me. And he, he's always got something to say, and uh, which is great. He's got his opinion, but I'm just a bit tired of the Alonso personally. He's still brilliant, and he's a, but. The trouble is for me is I want these drivers to still race. I want to see them in sports cars. Your know, world sports cars is about to kick off big time. You know, we've got Ferraris and Porsches and we've already got Peugeots and Toyotas. And that's why I'd love to see Alonso go and take his fans with him and uh, just a change. Because I just think we need more change, more newness in Formula One each year uh, than the same. I mean, it's a great thing for Aston. I mean, perfect for, for Stroll, for, you know, him to give his son a someone that if he beats him when he's a world champion and if occasionally little Lance beats Fernando, it'll be unbeating a world champion. Um, but it was the tweet I got. I mean, there's PR about it. I had to, I retweeted this one. <laughs> this is apparently from Alonso. Well, I was thinking someone else wrote it. It says, no one in Formula One today is demonstrating a greater vision and absolute commitment to winning. What, no. an Aston Martin to employ? No, he definitely wrote that. Fernando, you can tell he wrote that. <laughs> <laughs> so you commit yourself to winning by putting your son into the um, into one car who's a fairly average, I mean, very good driver, but uh, has his moments, but is not a world championship winning driver. And then you put in um, an old world champion who keeps on picking the wrong team for most of his career. Bless him, Fernando. So Fernando normally so, writes, hello, mates. They all say mate. Have you noticed? All the foreigners say, <laughs> say mate a lot. Um, so hello, that mates. sounds a little bit more too articulate. And of course, this breaking news came on the back of some breaking, breaking news last week that we haven't even mentioned, because it seems like old news now, that Sebastian Vettel is retiring from Formula Well, that's the seat. Yeah, that's the seat. So that's Wasn't the that, seat was, we, didn't we get it no, in a week ago? We it happened it after a week. Ah. We have to talk about Sebastian retiring then before we... T- I mean, that's, that's, you know, again, it's... it's. I'm happy he's gone, you know, but I'm sad he's gone because he's a brilliant driver and he was still, you know, 
getting the good results when the when things worked for him. But how what percentage of effort he was putting every weekend, you're never quite sure because he went up and down the grid and lance speed him quite often and qualifying and backwards and forwards. Um, so yeah, I'm delighted that I hope that Seb will now look at uh, Le Mans, look at other racing and, and come back and do more things. But I just want more fresh faces. Um, I think I used the word uh, more young faces and I got, got in big trouble on Twitter because, you know, they're not young, 32, 33, you know. I mean, they're not old. I mean, sorry. Well, Fernando's 40-something too, isn't he? Um, so I shouldn't use the word young faces. I want more fresh faces, more changes, more excitement down than the lower rankings. You and I both, yeah, we, we mention it every single week on this podcast. So, uh, so Seb, maybe he's going to hang up his boots, but I don't think so. I think he'll go into sports, super, uh, sports cars. Or hopefully, something, hopefully. Yeah, which, which would be good to see. Um, a good character. I wasn't a, wasn't a massive <laughs> fan because I never, I can't cheer for Germans. But um, <laughs> well, you just fair, owned up. You can't say things like that. Why not? Your well, you've, I don't know, you've just upset everybody now. No, I don't want to upset anybody. I'm, I'm not going it. into that now. No, you've no, really, no, no, I'm world. sorry. No, no, Why can't, can't you be honest? That. It's so, you, you offend one person and everybody jumps on. <laughs> I, I, I would prefer the British drivers to win. But I agree. Not. All right. So what? Okay. Let's, let's go to quick. Swiftly. Let's move on quick to the Grand Prix itself, <laughs> uh, which was actually a very, very entertaining Hungary, Hungarian Grand Prix. You know, we often look at that track. It's produced some real processions in the past, uh, but obviously the, the race was good because qualifying was a mix-up, and this is what quite often happens: that the good races come from a weird grid. Uh, and of course, it was very weird when Perez having another off weekend and moaning about it was a lap was just taken away and then it wasn't. And then he ended up another 11th. Then you make Q3. Then, of course, Max breaking down, you know, to end up 10th on the grid. And then the other end, George and you know, Mercedes having this amazing weekend uh, and taking pole position with a, an incredible lap. You know, none, the most thing about that pole lap, very un, unusually, none, none, none of the sectors were purple. So someone individually had been quicker through each sector, but he just green, green, greened it, and what a fantastic uh, result! It was such a shock, wasn't it? He was, I think, more yeah. shocked than anybody. You know, he's yeah. got two Ferraris out there. That's it, one and two, and then boom! Especially, especially it was green, green. You know, you saw two green yeah. sectors. You thought, okay, he's going to beat himself, <laughs> but he's not going to beat the others. <laughs> Um, and science ahead of uh, Leclerc again. So uh, certainly um, science is coming stronger or coming on stronger and stronger at Ferrari. Or Leclerc's was, completely rattled. Well, yeah, or Leclerc's. I think it's more Leclerc's going through a bit of decline. Well, uh, let me tell you, Carlos. Charles Leclerc, I'll give you a stat that is just mind-blowing. In his last eight races, he has finished on the podium the grand total sum of once. In oh. the last eight races... That's just, you know, it just puts into perspective a little bit, doesn't it? It's a driver, if things have gone slightly his way, he should have won Monte Carlo Grand Prix, he should have won his home French Grand Prix, and he should have won many others. He should have won yes, yesterday, or, or certainly been... Well, yeah, he certainly the, should have been podium. up, yeah. We'll come on to the Ferrari meltdown in mm. a minute, because it was a meltdown. But yeah. let's, let's I'm the only shame, just on qualify, was Lewis, and the other, his DRS didn't work. Yeah. So that was a shame, he could have had two Mercedes up there at the front, and uh, Lewis then as Max did, spent the whole race climbing back through the field yeah, with great you, effect. Yeah, you, know. you say that, but Lewis, went, he got a phenomenal start in the actual race. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so he's right up amongst it straight away. Got, uh, got, um, yeah, got past sort of Ocon and Alonso, the two... Yeah, the Alpines. Straight away. Um, yeah. Lando, Lando again fourth. Lando always, Lando's always up there, in the best of the rest, getting what opportunity he can. Um, Daniel Ricciardo, I say every week, the loveliest man on the grid, the funniest yeah. man on the grid, most entertaining man on the grid, has to leave. 
because well, now he's completely outclassed by Lando week in, week out. And, and he'll be the man most upset by this morning's news of uh, a certain Spaniard taking the uh, Aston Martin seat. I'm sure uh, Daniel saw that as a possible opt-out area. Alonso's old seat, haven't you? Well, surely Hulkenberg's got to come back into the mix somewhere. He was, you know, he well, because no, Alpine, Alpine will take Piastri because Piastri's Alpine's, well, which uh, I'm delighted for, so, by the way. Yeah, so that gets Piastri in. So then there's the McLaren seat uh, to be discussed, which I think will go to a, one of the IndyCar drivers at the moment. Or Alexander Albon's been mentioned there, hasn't he, as well? Uh, maybe being promoted up to McLaren. That would be interesting. I'd like to see that happen myself. Um, so but, lots of interesting but, who's going to be in McLaren at now otherwise I think all the seats are pretty settled really apart from Haas get, I don't know get, what's going on there people that aren't performing but Hulkenberg he outqualified Perez and uh, he was better than Perez in 2014 he was better than uh so better than yeah. Sainz uh yeah. in 2018 he was it, it, he he's consistently outperformed his fellow drivers who are now Can I just point out here to all our German listeners that Paul is now promoting a German driver that he does like. So there you are. It's not across the board. I have He's many, nice many things. German friends. There you go. Reckon Sie Deutsch, Kaiser Paul. And I have no, but... German girlfriends as well. <laughs> yeah, all right. Okay, we'll get on moving. But I don't know. He can't have a Hulk back. I don't think that's a bit. I, I, I agree. I'd love to see him. He's a great character. He's quick and he maybe deserved better cars during his career. But no, he can't come back. Sorry, okay, so new, new, younger, fresher faces coming in. Or Al Albon promoted, because I still think he deserves... He's, he's had a messy few weekends with Williams. He hasn't really done himself that much good at Williams Latifi. recently. Latifi's giving him a run for his money now. Well, whenever it's wet, Latifi seems to have a soft <laughs> touch or does well in the rain, but uh, he needs to move on to IndyCar or somewhere. But um, can I just say, uh, I mean, if you want to go on about the missing seats again, great, but what... A masterclass from Max in the actual race because right, that boy's yes. matured. All of a sudden, yeah. the start. Yeah. So for those of you who didn't see the start, Max Verstappen normally would just push his way <laughs> through, and everyone expect everybody to get out of his way. He he bided his time the whole way. Yeah. Really mature drive from Max, and he's completely changed. He's eighty points in front. He's not going to lose a championship. Yeah. He's won. He's won his second championship already. No. So he, was, he, he managed to have a little spin and win. A spin and win. No, it was. <laughs> He was looking so good out there. And of course, the team made all the right decisions, got it with the right tyres at the right time. Uh, whereas Ferrari, I mean, <laughs> I mean, I always, straight away, I didn't sort I should have tweeted it and been clever. Because when they put on a second set of yellows, I thought, whoa, whoa, hold on a minute. So that means you've got one more stop and you'll be committed to going to another tyre. And if that second stop, coincides with still 30 laps to go you can't put the reds on because they won't last so you're committing already to go to the whites which if they hadn't done it, if they got to reds or whites in the middle they could have quickly got the whites off or, or, or changed back i mean if i think that's the least uh, of the worries it was shambolic it was and how he can come out into the pit lane afterwards and say oh yeah but we just didn't have the pace because of the weather what oh, are no. you talking about you just right, it's all it's from such joy at the beginning of the year oh. at Ferrari. We all like Ferrari. We love the Italians being happy and smiling and, and cheering on their tifosi. Um, but, yeah, it's just, you know, he was stuck with those times. I mean, especially because they'd seen Alpine go out on the whites. Yeah, the whites was to many teams. I mean, to be fair to Ferrari, a lot of teams thought the whites would be the way to go. Uh, they thought they'd fire up all right. And I think 
maybe we win this for Alpine struggling. They thought, no, that's just Alpine. You know, we'll still stick with our white. But the track temperature was 40 degrees cooler when they went on the whites. When Alpine yeah. were on the whites on, on Friday, the, on the race day, the track temperature was 14 degrees cooler and they yeah. still tried to go on the on the whites. But, but just the whole thing, just trying to undercuts, overcuts. Uh, I know. Well, they got too obsessed with that. But they would have been better off staying out on that second set of yellows for a lot longer. OK, might have lost a bit of ground. And then, you know, coming out on the reds at the end. It's, it's easy sitting here afterwards, but it Look, did I, seem bizarre what they were doing. We've all got a PhD in hindsight, but just just at least don't go for two risky strategies. At least go for one solid strategy, one of the drivers. Yeah. Just, well, Alpine, Alpine putting them both out on whites, this game was surprising. Yeah. You know, why not put one out on yellows and one out? It is amazing how these decisions, yeah. us at TV, our, our TV critics, we can sit at home thinking, why are they doing that? It's madness, you know. But it was a great race. The race was good because we had, for the first half at least, you know, we had George uh, battling with the Ferraris. Meanwhile, Max and Lewis, you know, creeping up towards them, which was sort of an exciting development going on. But it's just as soon as you saw the Ferraris put the white tyres on, you thought, oh, no, it's all over. Max is going to win this now. You know, they've shot themselves in the feet with both barrels. George has found but, um, George. Um, uh, uh, Lewis has found a little bit of form as well, hasn't he? Yeah, but George, yeah. by the way, I got I got a, I got a little bone to pick with George because George comes across as this perfect English gentleman, and when yeah. he got these pre-recorded things on Sky News, kick it out, and <laughs> we don't agree with that. It's always so proper. Then you hear him on the radio, goes, "You're a mate. What's going on here?" And his his accent is completely different when he's in the heat of the moment. So I think George. Um, uh. George is putting it on a little bit for the camera when he's uh, he's 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 like the quintessential uh, British gent. Well, that's the way well, to be portrayed, anyway. Big star of the future, though. Big oh, star. There's a lot yeah. more. We've got a lot more George Russell in the future. <laughs> we we certainly have. But Lewis has done well, and Lewis has um, almost almost put George in his place, even though George is still uh, ahead of him yeah. on points, um, give or take. And of course, Mercedes has now narrowed the gap with Red Bull in the constructors' championship. So there's nothing in it. Uh, with, Nothing um, in sorry, it. Sorry, not Red Bull. With sorry, with um, Ferrari. I beg your pardon. A Ferrari. Ferrari. Yes. Yeah, sorry, not Red. <laughs> Red Bull are home and dry. Red Bull. Red Bull are home and dry. Ferrari could could turn up for the next. Uh, could, could forget the, that we got a, a break now for the summer, and they could turn up and still lose the race in five <laughs> weeks' time. They're, yeah, um, Red Bull are home and dry, but it's very interesting now between Mercedes and... What's the next F1 race? I'm not sure myself. I haven't got my fixture list. I'll, I'll get it. You, you They're on a break. I'll, I'll They're on it. a break. Yeah. We'll move on to Formula 2 then. It was, good. it was good Formula 1. In fact, the whole weekend... In fact, let's go, go back a week. Uh, Tip, um, one, bit, one bit. I'm so sorry to interrupt you, but I have to mention Formula 1. One last thing as well, that it looks like Porsche are investing into Red Bull uh, and looking yeah. to buy that 50% of the company, which will just... Oh, that would be amazing for the sport. We've known that for weeks. <laughs> it's breaking. You just interrupted my flow. Come and on, we've known two. That That's for much weeks. more interesting. No, not for me. I was just about to go back to a week ago <laughs> when um, I debated this idea of, you know, where would you rather be at the Hungarian Grand Prix or at this brilliant weekend in uh, yes. Indianapolis with IndyCar on the Saturday and NASCAR on the Sunday? Because um, I thought, I somehow thought that'd be a more entertaining race. I actually had a poll done on Twitter poll. It was quite close. 53% would rather be in Hungary. Or well, some said it was because Budapest was such an exciting place to go to. Like 48% would go to America for those that double header weekend. For, hang on, 40, I, 48% I, and 53%. Oh. Or 42, 48, anyway. 
Anyway, I couldn't have been more wrong. I apologise for even putting the tweet up. I mean, I, it was it was so much better entertainment the whole weekend. And not just the Formula 1, uh, because the Formula 2 and Formula 3, we had really good racing. Um, and it was it was fascinating. Again, although we had the sprint race, Jack Doohan, who's a... a seems to be a, a specialist at winning sprint races because he was 10th quickest in qualifying which put him on pole position for the sprint race which he duly won um but Theo Porcher the French kid he's, he's back on form he sort of had a bit of a lapse he was always the pre-season favorite uh, he qualified fourth I think but he came through to win the main event um and he's now just 21 points behind uh, championship leader Brazilian Felipe Drogovic so Theo Porcher coming back to the four um but uh, the star, actually, of Formula 2 was Enzo Fittipaldi. Uh, none of these, I think he's a direct son. I mean, sons and nephews and <laughs> Fittipaldi family filling the lower formula for so long. I don't know who was which one. Uh, but Enzo Fittipaldi, he qualified ninth, which put him on second on the grid for the sprint race. He finished third. So he thought, well, yeah, that's sprint race, reverse grids. Well done, Enzo. But in the main event, he stayed out longer on, I think it was the reds or the yellows. I forget which colour they was on. Uh, and he came from ninth on the grid of the main race, so really good second place. So uh, maybe we do have another Fittipaldi for Formula One coming, although it might be a one weekend bleed. But Enzo Fittipaldi, star of F2. We might be seeing um, Fittipaldi next Monday. In fact, we're going to have to record this from Germany next Monday. That's we are very in Germany. exciting. Yeah. Which Fittipaldi's in Germany? Well, who drove a Porsche Le Mans car? Fittipaldi, or, or was it not Fittipaldi? Obviously, there's uh, you. <laughs> um, You've got a lot of lists of names, but I don't think Emerson... He might have driven the, um, the American series, IMSA. I think okay. he might have raced a Porsche IMSA, go. but I don't know. Perhaps, um, Formula 3. Now, yep. Formula 3 race was also brilliant, and that's because it was wet. Um, it was fascinating. You know, it's actually... They overtook, like, NASCAR, I'm going to tell you now. Because at NASCAR, the big thing is, if you go up high, you can keep a higher speed round. You can come out of the big banking. So NASCAR, for five laps the, the overtaking excitement the bloke dives up the inside under braking gets half a car length ahead uh, and you have to clear the bloke that's up high before you can then pull up and take the racing lines you often get this takes about four laps of the guy coming up the inside getting a bit ahead but then dropping back as the corner exit speed is better for the higher one and because it's wet and all this wet line all these kids use the karting line it was discovered you had the kids out front would take the wide line, the grippier, not oily tyre line in the wet. And then the guy tried to overtake, they kept on diving up the inside and sort of getting half a car length ahead on the inside, but then the guy on the outside with a better grip to accelerate out of, then taking the position back again. So it was, it was fascinating all through the field. They're all diving up the inside and then losing out. It was just really entertaining racing. And um, one thing they do in NASCAR to help this is that they're now putting this sticky grip surface in one of the three lanes in some tracks to encourage people to go in the, the less speedy lane because it's got some grip more. So it made me think that maybe in, in single-seater we should have some corners like those in Hungary where you do put a grippy line round the outside to give more grip if you take the long way round. I mean, it's just an idea. I know it's an American idea, therefore Formula One would hate to, to copy it, but uh, maybe there's something in this. Because they did try this banking idea in Zandvoort. They thought they put these banked corners, it would replicate that. The quicker line is the longer way around, which of course isn't traditionally. So um, instead of putting banking up, it was tricky. Maybe some little grippy surface around the outside of some corners. You heard it first here on Love Cuts on the road. Anyway... <laughs> So, so um, a couple of weeks ago it was leaf blowers, and now it's uh, yeah, leaf blowers for getting rid of debris. 
so yes, yeah, so in, in the F3 race, which was so much fun, as I said, uh, the Brazilian Chow Colette won the reverse grid rate, and the uh, Russian, although he's not a Russian, he's driving as a neutral, Alexander Smolia won the main event. But the main event started on wet and dried out. And so we had an amazing race with Zach O'Sullivan, the Autosport Award winner, who qualified a very lowly 22nd, starting 22nd, a switch to slicks with about five laps to go and was lapping 10 seconds a lap faster than the leaders. Wow. And he came through, I don't know where he came out, you know, when he got his slick. I think he came out in about 20th place after his pit stop, but he finished fourth uh, right behind Ollie Behrman, uh, another British driver who was third. So a lot of entertainment in the Formula 3s, thanks to the conditions mainly. And how often do we say this, you know, when the conditions are different and varying, we get better racing. Absolutely. Or, or if you put some grippiness around the outside <laughs> line, you've no, heard it, it find works your own, in NASCAR. Find your own grip. You don't want and of course, W Series. And yes, W Series. Who won? She didn't win. Jamie Chadwick won seven in a row. She beaten. Bad qualified. Qualified, I think, about fifth. And Alice Powell is on pole. Another veteran, you might use the word, veteran of W Series, Alice Powell's won before. You know, was, was um, Jamie's biggest challenger, I think, last year, wasn't she? But she's had a miserable year this year. So she'd be delighted that she's finally come through and had a win. Um, but again, not proving much to the rest of the world because they're just a regular W Series, the ones that are always up the front of the grid. There was, there was one, I think there's a world first happening W Series. I'm not sure of this. But Jess Hawkins in the untimed practice, in morning practice, because they're all going track limits, track limits, the usual track limits going on at Hungoring. So I've been warned a few times. That she put her in the naughty girl class and she was stuck in the pit for five minutes. Yeah. She was, this is impressive here. For, for, for such obsessive use of track limits, they put her in the naughty girls class and made her park up for five minutes. Well, that's a world first, a new regulation, but I've never heard of that being done before. Uh, I, I've heard it on track days, you know, go and calm down, for, go and get yourself a cup of coffee and just yeah. uh, <laughs> calm down for a little bit, but never, never in an FIA event like that. Uh, so then we go over to America, the IndyCar. And I'm, I did cross my fingers when I'm recommending it was good because that Indian, Indianapolis road course doesn't ever produce good racing. I don't know why. Um, it's a funny course. It's sort of, it's all between the two tyres they have to run, the reds and the whites, and fuel. It's just one of those races that you can just about get it through with only two tyre stops, but you've got to lift and coast and save fuel. Or if you run the three tyre stops, you fill up with fuel each time, you can run flat out. And it's always been that sort of mixture. So there are lots of people stopping for tyres and changing and people going back to 20th and reappearing fifth when they stayed out as a safety car. Um, but it's never been that good for racing. And, and um, after Colton Herter, who was the star of the day, clobbered an apex, cut a bit too much off. You can see the car hit a curb nastily and it broke something in the transmission. I'm not sure what what. Um, Alexander Rossi just cruised an easy win. He's had a terrible year or so. I think he hasn't won for about two years, Alexander Rossi. Um, so he had an easy win for Andretti Motorsport. Of course, he's leaving to join the McLaren mob next year. Um, but it was fairly dull. The only excitement was a very impressive second place by the Danish rookie, Christian Lundgaard, who did Formula 3, I think, in Europe. He certainly did Formula Renault Regional and won Formula Renault. Uh, the Brits, Callum Eilat and Jack Harvey, 14th and 20th. Um, so, yeah, it was a bit of a snooze fest, I have to confess. Uh, so but so NASCAR standard, the weekend, standard weekend, then, no, it's not. I'll be not snow, I quite no. like it. <laughs> well, the NASCAR was entertaining in its own way. I mean, these great big hefty NASCARs being hurled around a road course, they're always a bit uh, 
look like the fish out of water, don't they? Those were big shots, weren't they? Oh, gosh, yes. And it was, it was wham, bam, all the way. Um, Tyler Reddick actually was the class show the whole weekend. He was on pole, and apart from, you know, various pit stops and pace cars, he dropped back a bit, but he dominated and came out to win. Um, as it ended up with one of those green-white checkers because of pace cars and crashes, then another crash. Uh, but they had fires. Who was it? Chris Boucher. Um, he'd been hit as well. They were just hitting each other everywhere. And I think there was some... Um, some sound definitely on some heats, that sort of foamy stuff. I think that's what caught fire, some sort of protective that had been broken loose. So he was in the pits, and we saw this smoke coming out. Couldn't see inside the car at all. And Chris Bishop just stayed in the car. I mean, he's got his pipe on with his air. I'm not sure quite where the air comes into the car, but anyway, he's... he's still... And there was actually one moment when you saw a camera from behind the pit. There was proper flame in the passenger side of his footwell when the extinguishers were going in, and he just stayed in the car. And then they kept on blowing all the smoke out. He did one lap, you know, it was still a pace car was out there, so you could do a slow lap. And he came back in again. They still had to put this leaf leaf blowers, leaf blowers, good thing down <laughs> your bits, to try and blow all the smoke out. And he came and he finished in the top 10 somewhere. So that was quite a thing. We had um, AJ Allmendinger, who won the race last year. And he won the Formula 2 race the night before at Indy List. So he won the Saturday race, the Xfinity class. Uh, and he was running in the top three, but he's... Um, cool suit had failed and he'd run out of drinks and he was just, you could see him in the car they had his camera looking at him during the pace cars and he was virtually sort of, you know why they didn't call him in or black flag him, I don't know but he could have finished, on the first green white checker he escaped the first corner, smash and crash five cars into two won't go uh, and would, would have been finished second but he had another go of the last run and uh, he couldn't hold him off anymore, he finished about eighth but the, yeah, the biggest shove was with Carl Larson. Um, he'd had some problems. He'd, he'd had an accident. He'd been hit by um, the 10 car, Almarola, been smacked into, again, turn one. Turn one was where it was all happening because they come down that huge, long Indianapolis straight. And then there's just a 90 right. And the only visual marker is a, the big curb, you know, otherwise it's all tarmac, you know. And they were all just taking lunges and smashing into them. And Larson got hit by Almarola, which damaged the car. But he was out trying to finish. And all of a sudden, he must have had complete brake failure. I mean, the shunt was just, it was um, Ty Dillon. And it was so lucky, not for Ty Dillon in a way, for Larson, really. Because Ty Dillon turned into the apex. So he's now at 90 degrees to the main straight. And suddenly, you saw Larson coming in. He's still doing over 100, well over 100 miles an hour. But Larson sort of managed to get it sort of 45 degrees sort of turning in. And they just hit absolutely side to side, which is probably the best sort of thing you can hit in the car because both cars then move yeah. and deform. I mean, it was a massive impact. And yet, you know, both drivers copped out and uh, apart from the two sides of the car being very badly damaged, it was an so, amazing, amazing escape. So who won the race? Uh, Tyler Reddick, as I said, he walked okay. away with it really. He was the, 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 the man to be. He's, he's left his team, sadly, which is a bit of a shame. He's moving elsewhere in 2024. But, um, well... I tell so, you what, no, you're, you're... one final bit of the drama was Ross Chastain, the melon man in the one car, decided. And again, it wasn't in the rule book he couldn't do it because they were literally about to be five wide on the second, turning into a 90 right. So he just went straight on, like at Monza or at Spa, you know, we've got chicanes and rejoined through the correct route back on track and came out in the lead. Um, so uh, Tyler Reddick didn't quite know what to say. Reddick sort of didn't know where to sort of sit back and blow you because he only had two laps to go. But he got past him properly and then and then 
Chastain did get stuck back to about 20th. But I don't know what rule they did him on, to be honest, because if it, if it was not in the rule book, you can't make up a place. What was he supposed to do? But I mean, he did look no. deliberate. Oh, the, FIA. Just, the FIA. Oh, yeah, the FIA. Yeah, the FIA. They, they'd take six months to sort <laughs> that one out. At least last guy just say nobody. It may be, they probably said, yeah, okay, there's no rule against it, but we all know what you're doing. Come yeah. on, yeah, back exactly. you go. Right, Tiff, I'm going to call your uh, crash bang wallop of NASCAR and raise you with some crash bang wallop of BTCC at Knock Hill because that was, that was entertaining. But i got to say, unless you're in a BMW or unless you're Ash Sutton, you're not going to win a race because those BMWs were lethal. But Ash, yeah. I mean, Ash was just out, out of this fire. world. I mean, again, there wasn't that much overtaking. We've said about this well, podcast at the moment because they keep on... They, well, also, they keep on... The commentators get on and on about, he's got the push to pass, he's got the push oh, to pass. Rubbish. You Ash. speak to any driver, they can't feel anything happen. It's such a mild push that it doesn't pass you any. But yeah, Ash Sutton took on... Uh, the rear-wheel drive BMWs were best suited to knock hill, especially that it's uphill after the tight hairpin onto the main straight. Oh, you notice the speed difference yeah. coming out yeah. of there. was incredible. So Ash Sutton decides, you know, he went round the outside with pole sitter um, um, Jake Hill. <laughs> yeah. Round the out, held on, and then Jake got him back. But he, he won the second race, managing to stay. Jake thought he'd have damaged a, a, a shock absorber. He went wide through the famous leaping chicane and uh, had to let Jake by. But it was just thoroughly entertaining just seeing these cars curve off in leaping and locking brakes, breaking for the hairpin, BMWs bashing into the back of um, the Ford of Sutton's Ford. And of course, he's winning the second race, the first win for that new team of the Ford. So they were delighted to have their first win. Um, and the third race, in, I know, you know, I don't like reverse grids too much. And uh, I never um, allow a win in a reverse grid. Shouldn't be, it should be a bracket. You know, it's not a real win. Yep. Uh, but it was still like George Gamble. I mean, uh, he had he had maybe the, the slowest of the BMWs, but he was on the back of the pack the whole race. He was always there. Um, he hasn't raced for a couple of years. He's got all his money and his sponsors and he's got the dream going to get into touring cars. Uh, and the lucky hand of John Cleland pulls out number seven from the pot, which is where he'd finished in race two. Um, put him on but he drove a really good race he was under pressure from I forget he was racing with um, one of the Toyotas I think anyway he came through the win and the joy of winning I know I say you know when it's the reverse grid you know but just to see that he, he was yeah. in emotion in tears you know because even if a win is a win I guess you know even if Tiff Nadell was saying well it's not a proper win <laughs> you know, I know I've, I've lucked into a few wins and a winner was so there's a lot of joy at the end. It was a BMW fest, it was a Ash Sutton masterclass in and the oversteer on that front wheel drive car. He's got it broadside, he stays on the throttle to bring it straight. He drives it like a lunatic. A a very I'd love to see him in sports car. cars next year. I'd love to see him just go. Well, yeah, you know, no DCC at all. No. Well, I would say Jason Plato should have gone to Le Mans 10 years ago, you know, but yeah. he liked touring cars, he liked winning, he had money coming in, you know. Nash Sutton, yeah, love. It. I'd love to get him with Le Mans. Do you know who, you know who Plato's um, sponsor is? Car sponsor is. Well, it's the it's the it's the rich mob, isn't it? Rich energy. But it's a bit of a controversy because there's rich UK with the long-haired uh, strange person. William Story, yeah. Um, but but apparently the BTCC is linked to the global okay. rich, allegedly. I don't know, but that's all a mystery. Anyway, isn't it? Plato didn't have the best of uh, weekends. He should have been in Spa. You see, Spa 24-hour race, that's not, where Jason Plato get... should have been. Doing. Yeah, right. But he's, he's talking about doing that next year, getting into, finally, I've been kicking him for about 10 years. 
go and do something different. Don't just stay and do it. It's a nice place, but yeah, yeah miserable. No, he's probably thinking, why on earth am I still here after he got, he made the gravel on race one, he got heated race two. I don't know where he finished the reverse grid. But over at Spa, 24-hour race, always, I mean, great weekend. Great, if you're real, you know, if you're a Le Mans spectator that goes to Le Mans camps, then you should try Spa 24-hour one race if you haven't already been. It's a fabulous event. Um, there were eight cars on the lead lap still at the end of the 24 hours. Mercedes had their first win since 2013, so Mercedes have had a drought at Spa. So Raffaele Marcello and Julien Gounon and Daniel Juncandela, I can't do a Spanish sort of pretend accent, but I can't anyway. Uh, they had a good win at Spa. Um, Spa, of course, I'm normally saying how my brother's team, Barwell Motorsport, won the silver category and won and uh, they had a miserable weekend. They're down to only one car this, this year. Um, they were on pole position for the Gold Cup class. And I won't try to explain all the different driver combinations, but there's a Gold Cup, there's a Pro Cup, there's a Silver Cup, and there's a Pro-Am Cup. So there's four different classes. But the winners of what was the Barwell's pole position class had a huge, I mean, a great result. When you think of the... the the Lionesses winning the English football. The Iron Dames, these four ladies, uh, won the Gold Cup. Um, they'd qualified 10th in class of the 14 cars in the Gold Cup. They were 47th overall on the grid of 66 odd cars. They came through, no mistakes. They got to 18th overall and won the Gold Cup. So the four ladies won the class. So Brilliant. more good news for the women. That's where you know, the W series, that's where Jamie Chadwick should have been out there. Um, yeah. So great congratulations, Dorian Pimpin, apologies always for my pronunciations, Rachel Frey, Sarah Bovey and Michelle Gatting. I, like, so, I, I know Sarah, she's lovely, she does a lot with Lamborghini. Um, why would Jamie Chadwick go there when she can make $500,000 a year and have all the... Well, because when they tell her you can't come back anymore, yeah. <laughs> she's oh. got to move. Anyway, that's really, I mean, that's, that's in a Ferrari, that was in a Ferrari uh, they were running. Brilliant. So. Absolutely brilliant. Just on that, a couple of bits of housekeeping actually. So. Um, Formula One next Formula One is it, it goes to Benelux at the end of August, so Belgium, then Holland. And you said Alice Powell's had a shocker. She hasn't really had a shocker. She's second in the championship, but she's got 68 points and she's 75 <laughs> points behind Jamie Chadwick. So uh, I said she's had a shocker. She was thinking uh, she'd win it this year. She yeah. was thinking she was going to win I it. I thought she would have a good chance to push Jamie all the way, but uh, that's a a done deal there. Um, so where for we Marie, next? For, for Marie, Marie in London. London. Also, I mean, nobody still no, didn't get much press. I think there were other things going on in London, a bit more important than for Marie. Uh, a race on the Saturday, race on the Sunday. Jake Dennis, so he won there last year, the Andretti team. He had a he, he had pole position both Saturday and Sunday. Won the Saturday race, got beaten on the Sunday race by Lucas Di Grassi. Uh, a silly type course. I mean, the only track where they go indoors, though. Don't forget that. But people hitting each other. Sam Bird in the, the first corner, smashing, broke a bone in his wrist and had to finish the race. He didn't have a good weekend at all. Um, but Stoffel Van Dorn, Mercedes. Mercedes are pulling out, aren't they, at the end of their year. Uh, he's looking for to win the title. He got a third, I think. And um, anyway, so I think Stoffel Van Dorn's going to one round to go, two weeks' time in um, somewhere. I've lost yeah. interest. I've yeah. seriously lost interest. And of course, now that they've had that, the proper qualifying system, it's become more of a meritorious thing. So I used to hate that. You know, when they put the slow guys out last, so they got a pole position for the next race. So because it's now more meritorious, it looks like Van Dorm's going to cruise to the title for Mercedes. I if wish you're it interested. Did well, but it's just, it's just not exciting at all. There's nothing exciting about it. Actually, they look fantastic and they're amazing drivers, but... <laughs> Oh, but they hit each other a lot. That's exciting. <laughs> Is it, though? You well, don't want 30 that. miles an hour, they hit each other. Um, <laughs> you, bikes. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, World Superbikes, Czech Republic. Yeah, the only bikes, the only big bikes the weekend was the Most of the Czech Republic. Two wins for Toprak Razgatlioglu and his Yamaha. And one second place. So he's moving up. He had a bad start to the season, top yeah. rank, but he's really coming back. And he's now closing in on Jonathan Ray's Kawasaki. Jonathan had uh, no wins, I think second and third and the fourth. Um, and the Ducati of Alvaro Bautista still got a fairly healthy lead. He, he, he won the third of the three races. So um, the bikes, world super bikes. So that was it. Um, um, and the uh, best place to be was Hungary. Okay, I'll never question it again. It was a brilliant weekend of racing in Hungary. The best place to be next week, uh, not really that much going on. There's World Rally Championships in Finland, I believe. Is it in Finland, Tiff? Um, well, uh, the Thousand Lakes. I mean, if you're a rally lakes, fan, yeah. if you're going to watch cars doing 100 miles an hour for about five miles from side to side on loose gravel, and then coming to blind yumps and staying full throttle and leaping about... 200 yards they've got that one i don't know how far they do leap i've guessed that but there is one place where they've got it marked out there's a, all the crowd go there and cheer for the longest leap it's a big it is a big if you want to go to finland for a holiday a bit like going to hungary and going to budapest if you want to go to a rally i think finland would be a great one to go to um but i think we know the winner's going to be so that's a bit boring <laughs> 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 some called called rovenberra maybe uh, but no, Britain, Mo MotoGP at Silverstone. There, the Brits have got somewhere to go. If you haven't been to a MotoGP event before, there's your chance this weekend at Silverstone. It'll be a great weekend. Of course, we've got those two young Brits in Moto3 to watch out for. Nice to have some young English lads. And of course, um, they'll be having a crap. No Brits in the MotoGP, but sure to be a good. Bit of problem MotoGP. They're losing bikes for next year. Was it Suzuki pulled out and... Uh, it's, it's the Japanese of sort of dropping away from wanting to stay in MotoGP. I think next year there's going to be six Japanese bikes coming over and it's going to be more uh, the new lot from Europe, Ducatis and KTMs and begins with an A. Aspr yeah, uh, Aspr Aspr yeah. Aprilia, is that it? Uh, Aprilia, Aprilia. <laughs> So that's yeah, it's quite a quiet weekend. And as I say, only the rally and then the MotoGP. Then in America, IndyCar and NASCAR go back on the ovals, Nashville for the IndyCar and uh, Michigan for the. I think Michigan's the fastest oval because it's two two miles, um, but they don't have restrictor plates. The very fast ovals, Talladega and um, uh, Daytona, they have these little restrictor plates. They've, they've only got about six hundred horsepower instead of eight hundred horsepower. So Michigan is apparently the quickest. NASCAR track, so that's where the speed will be this weekend. And I'll tell you where it might be also this weekend, well, next Monday, which we will probably be dialing in live from Germany because we're off somehow to, off to see some um, Formula, not Formula One cars, some some Group C cars, Porsche Group C cars. Derek Bell, Jackie X, uh, Joachim Mass, Vern Schappen, and of course Tiff Nadell. So um, that should be pretty special, I think, Tiff. This yes. I hope for me back race driving a Porsche 962 again. Yeah. All those years of that great memories. All those memories. So you carry on with your memories today. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you carry on apologizing to the Germans. And we'll see you next week. I like the Germans. Now you've dug the holes. No good. You've dug the holes. <laughs> Thanks for joining. Cheers, everyone. See you.